What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. My name is Pam. And I am Jeremy. Thank you so much for tuning in yet again this week. Pam, we've got a busy show today. We've got, first and foremost, the main topic today for the show is our dream set list. And I don't know if I am more excited to hear your dream set list or when we start getting responses on our socials for listeners dream set list, because just to sort of fast forward to the end of the episode, we want to see your dream set list and we want you to send those to us on our social media. So I'm excited to see other people's dream set list because I can't imagine that any two people would have the same wants and desires from a Kelly Clarkson concert. Yeah, because I was thinking about this and there are so many songs to choose from, not only her catalog songs she's been featured on. I mean, I didn't really do this, but like, I guess you could go with like unreleased stuff like the sky's the limit here and also Mm -hmm. uh, covers, you know, I, did throw in a few because that's just you don't have a kelly clarkson show unless you have one cover yep so there was a a lot of flexibility here i love my set list i hope it flows well Mm -hmm. and i mean i'm sure i don't know if you're gonna be like i have a feeling there are gonna be a lot of listeners that are gonna be like why didn't you include this song how can you and i'm like do you know how many songs there were to choose from yeah it's it's actually a very (laughs) daunting task and i don't actually at this point in her career i don't think that i would be want to be in the room having to try to decide the songs that are going to go on a concert set list again this far into her career because there is so much material to choose from i would actually be really interested to to talk with her and say are there songs that for you are just off limits when it comes to performing live Because obviously there are songs that weren't hits that were, I don't want to call them album filler or, or filler at all, but there were definitely, especially early on, there were filler songs and, and every artist has those at some point, whether they want to admit it or not. But obviously those are the songs that don't really come out in concert and they never perform live. And Kelly's got a a whole handful of songs that she has never performed live. So I would be. I would like to be a fly on the wall in the room, but I don't want to be part of the deciding process. No. And I, you know, without giving too much away, how realistic is your set list? Because mine is like, I could argue maybe one of the most unrealistic set lists of all time. Mine is pretty realistic. I think there's maybe one, maybe two songs that would not necessarily be considered in set lists going forward in her career. But wow. for the most part, I think I think mine is actually pretty, pretty possible. Mine is like there is liter- literal, literally. If you've watched Parks and Rec, literally, no <laughs> way that this would ever happen because it's my. But I was like, it's my dream set list. If it can be <laughs> the most unrealistic one. This is the set list that would be performed if Pam had all the money available <laughs> yeah. to her. She could pay Kelly to come play a concert for her and her friends, and yes. she got to decide the playlist. <laughs> Set list. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like a little nervous to reveal my list because it's going to be like, Pam, what are you on? <laughs> but that's okay. You know what? Let me dream a little bit. Pam, before we start the show today, we need to talk about the big news that came out on Friday of last week, and that is the Daytime Emmy Awards. Once again, the Kelly Clarkson show was up for a handful of awards. Last year, Kelly took the award for Best Talk Show Host, and also she got the award for Best Talk Show. Uh, and once again this year, she is undefeated. Kelly Clarkson, your Emmy Award winner for Outstanding Entertainment Talk Show host and Outstanding Entertainment Talk Show, plus uh, some kudos to the folks at the Kelly Clarkson Show for winning Outsta- Outstanding rather Live and Direct-to-Tape Sound Mixing. Very exciting. She has as many Emmys now as she has Grammys, which is truly yes. insane and kind of ironic because 
had you had asked her even like three years ago, she would have been like, an Emmy for what? For what, what are you yeah. talking about? And then look at this. So, so deserved. I'm a little bummed that the lighting people didn't win this year because they're like the best lighting people ever, but it's fine. Yes. It's fine. We all know that they are winners in our hearts. But yeah, congrats to <laughs> Kelly. Congrats to the whole uh, talk show team. I know it takes a total village to put every episode on. So um, congrats, guys. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, again, I, I don't know. I've never I haven't done the research on this, so I don't know how precedented or unprecedented it is for a new talk show to win the outstanding entertainment talk show and talk show host in its first two seasons. I now I can probably go back and and do the research on this and you know maybe find that Oprah did it or Ellen did it or you know whomever. But that's I think that's remarkable in that this was the little talk show that could. I know NBC felt really good about it. They have uh put a lot of effort behind it. But yet the fact that it has been so lauded with awards and it's just been dumping awards on this show uh, is a really exciting thing. And I think it bodes well. I mean, I think that, you know, at this point, we could probably say that we could feel confident that Kelly is actually going to have more Emmys in her shelf than Grammys uh, when it's all said and done. That's crazy to think about. Yeah, that is absolutely insane. But like, I'm fine with it. Um, but it's just something that none, no one ever suspected. Yeah. Which may be even cooler. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm getting nostalgic here, but, you know, I'm already thinking about, you know, back to our very first episode where we talk about her winning American Idol. And you think about just who she was when she won the show that changed her life and where she is now. And I don't think a single person involved with that show and especially Kelly herself knew the potential that was lying underneath and where she would be 20 years later, it's it's actually pretty incredible. So I, I think it was a very proud moment last night for all the fans. I, I think that moving forward, I think we have found the the talk show fan base that is going to be sort of the rivals to Kelly. And I think it's going to be the Drew Barrymore shows fans because there were some pretty upset Drew Barrymore fans on social media really? the night of the Emmys. And so uh, I, I think there is a at least a fan rivalry brewing between those two shows because Drew obviously has her fan base and, and Kelly hers. And it's going to be interesting watching these two shows moving forward when it comes to award season. Now, obviously, I don't think the two of them really care all that much, although, you know, it is nice as a show to be recognized. But. This is going to be an interesting thing to watch as as things move forward with these two fan bases. I'm not trying to start anything, but uh, it's, yeah. it's notable. I was going to say, Kelly and Drew Barrymore, no one would have ever suspected the yeah. two of them would have any sort of like rivalry. I would have not have bet a paycheck on who is going to be Kelly's big television rival. I mean, like, is it Justin again? I mean, I don't know. Who is it? <laughs> So congratulations, uh, like Pam said, to everyone involved with the Kelly Clarkson show and Kelly herself for uh, three more Emmys to add to the shelf for the Kelly Clarkson show uh, just this past Friday. Uh, Before we get started, though, with our dream set list, we want to talk about something that came out a couple weeks ago, and we're now just catching up to it to talk about it here on the podcast, and that is Kelly's appearance on Mayim Bialik's Breakdown podcast. First and foremost, how dare she go on someone else's podcast before she goes on the podcast that all but bears her name? I okay. know. <laughs> Kelly, if you're listening, which you're, I don't know, you're more than welcome to come on whenever. Of course. Like, we're a good time. Of course. I, I like to think. Now, if you listen to the Miami Alec podcast, you probably caught a couple of audio hints that that was actually recorded several months ago. Uh, in fact, yeah. it was recorded back in April because at one point, Kelly mentions that her birthday is coming up in a few days, which obviously is in April, April 24th. And so we know that they've actually been sitting on that interview for quite some time, which is interesting because I, and I don't know how, you know, different celebrities and different podcasters handle their podcasts, but normally podcasts are created and are released relatively soon after they're recorded. Now you might have some of these crime 
story driven podcasts that take a lot more production and there's a more deliberate timeline to release them. Those, you know, can be, you know, a month or two out in advance. But this one was just very interesting because it was and I don't want to I'm not make any shade towards my end, but it was your run of the mill interview podcast. So there wasn't a lot of bells and whistles to it. So it was strange that they sat on this for so long because and I don't want to jump to the end here, but this was probably one of the most interesting interviews I have ever heard with Kelly in her career. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I also thought they would have released this a little bit sooner because um, season two of the talk show is ending like very soon. And the voice is obviously done. So she isn't really doing much for the summer. So I was a little confused why it came out now versus say like three, four weeks ago when they still had a little bit more to like promote. Um, so I thought, yeah, I, I thought that the uh, timing was a little weird, but you know what? Meet for all we know, maybe it was supposed to come out a little while ago and then they had to switch stuff up with other guests. Like we have no idea. Yeah. And then they weren't necessarily promoting anything of hers on the show. Yeah. Sure. They, t- they talked about everything that she's doing, but there wasn't any specific promotion, which again is another thing that made this podcast very unique and this interview very unique because normally when a celebrity goes on to a talk show or, I mean, I guess we can now throw in podcasts as well. They're usually there for a reason. They're there to promote something. They're there to talk about a project that they're working on. And she had none of that. And I think that that was one of the factors that made it so interesting because we knew that at no point during this interview, they were going to have to pivot and say, well, the reason you're here today is because you want to talk about your new single or you're we're here to talk about the voice or whatever. She was there just simply to have a conversation with Mayan Bialik, who has been on the Kelly Clarkson show. And Kelly says multiple times in this interview that she really likes Mayan and thinks she's very intelligent. And she is very intelligent. My God, she's got like two doctorates. And she really enjoyed her time with her on the talk show. And so the two of them have a very good rapport. And it is probably... I would say among the most relaxed that I've ever seen Kelly in an interview where she was the interviewee. And I feel like we got a lot of really interesting information from the interview. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, she's very honest. We all know that she's always been honest, but there's an extent to which people are honest with the public that that's everyone in life, not just celebs. So this was also really different because this was, again, an interview that she's done during the divorce. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, by now it's a year, give her almost a year that the divorce got announced. And I feel like, you know, I don't obviously know. It's not really any of our business where she is um, in her personal life regarding that. But she seems just a lot more open to, like, being vulnerable about that and kind of talking about that. Uh-huh. And even with some of the uh, health issues, like I actually have some similar health issues myself. So hearing her discuss that, I mean, not that I'm like going to like all of a sudden take all these notes being like, okay, I have to go to this doctor. But like, it was just yeah. really nice to hear stuff other than like, yeah, when's the new single coming out? Because like, okay, like we can get that from anyone. Yeah. But it takes a certain interviewer to like bring out the different questions, the more interesting questions and the ones that you know, celebrities don't usually talk about. Yeah. And if you've ever listened to Mayim's podcast before, it is a little bit more of a cerebral, intelligent podcast. It's not the Elvis Duran show where there's a nyuck nyuck joke every 10 minutes and they're trying to, you know, say things to go viral and that sort of thing. It was just a really honest, long form interview with her that, like you said, Pam, I was actually very What's the word I'm looking for? I was very in tune when she started talking about all the various health issues that she's been having over the course of the last 20 or so years, because I think it was a little bit more than she has ever talked about her various health issues. I mean, we knew about some and she has made public some of those, but I think she even went a lot more in depth into the things that she's sort of dealing with on a day to day basis. And I don't want to say that, you know, it was shocking or that it was sad, but it was very eye opening how open and honest she was being 
in this particular interview. And again, I think this is why this is one of my favorite interviews I've ever seen of her. Never mind that it was so long and that we got so much out of it. And there was so much of her personality that showed through that. But it put her on just like this different level for me. And this is the part where it's going to start to sound a little like celebrity worship. And that's not what I intend for this, but it just put her on almost a lower pedestal than where we normally keep her, you know, as this untouchable, you know, superstar media magnate, you know, just all these things that we say about her. It actually made her even more human. I was just about to say it really just humanized her. That's uh-huh. I was waiting to say then when you were yeah it 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 was like oh this is you know not oh, I'm the girl next door. It literally was like this is like it, this is my coworker. This is my friend. This is my you know my neighbor. It really was just like this. She she is very human. Uh-huh. Obviously, we all know that, but it it's also it's been hard to take her out of the celebrity role, especially recently mm-hmm. when she's on TV every single day and she's all over the headlines, not necessarily for bad stuff, but just, she's just with the voice and the talk show. She's just very much in your face now. And it's really hard to separate the celebrity from the human. And I think this interview really helped the general public do that. And I think it also, you know, introduced maybe some of the more casual fans to a different side of her as well. Definitely. And I think that she, I don't think she has spoken this candidly about her divorce or at least her life leading up to the divorce. Yeah. Because she, she said that she was going to mention it on the talk show. And then she's like, I'm not going to, you know, mention, I'm not going to go into a big, long drawn out explanation about this. It may come up from time to time, but it's going to come up naturally, not because I feel like I have to talk about it. And this was probably the most that she has sort of opened that door in the last year since everybody first found out. And it was very interesting. I mean, there were some things in there that I was weirdly glad to hear. I was glad to hear that they were trying to work things out and they were going to therapy. And, And before we get too far into this, you know, we have made it a point to not specifically talk a lot about her personal life just because we don't want to get into the realm of speculation and we don't want to try to shove opinions on anything because it's none of our business this and just make up rumors that's not what we're here for yeah this podcast has always been first and foremost talking about her career like her professional life not the the private life and the the things that are going on behind the scenes some of that stuff does sort of seep in mostly because she is so open about her private life sometimes, maybe to a fault, but we've always tried to keep it on the surface level of the career. And so that said, with this interview, it's kind of hard to do that because she did get really, really personal about a lot of different topics. And I will say, and this is sort of, you know, to completely do a 180 here, it was refreshing to actually, for the very first time, I believe in my life, and I, cause I don't watch every single bit of media, but the very first time in my life to get her to drop the F bomb. <laughs> oh my God. I think that, well, I have a few instances. Where I remember hearing her drop the F bomb. One of them I wasn't at. It was Wango Tango 2007 during uh-huh. Never Again. She dropped it. And I remember having that audio. But no, the only other time I've really heard her curse was when I saw the, um, um, the Kelly Clarkson show and I was in uh-huh. the virtual audience. And during yeah. breaks, she would drop it so many times. And I'm like, get it, girl. I think she has. <laughs> Way more of a potty mouth as she's gotten older yeah. than she did in previous years. And I fully support it. <laughs> fully support it. It did make me laugh. And of course, you know, within hours of that podcast coming out, the video gifts <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the shortened videos of just her like dropping it were everywhere and people were were living for it. So yeah. if you have not watched the interview of... Mayim Bialik and Kelly Clarkson on Mayim's Breakdown podcast. I We highly recommend you watch it. There is both an audio and a YouTube version. And the YouTube watch version... The YouTube. Watch yeah, YouTube. the YouTube version is superior just because I think just seeing somebody, you get more of a of context of what they're saying. And I will say that Mayim is a, is a very good interviewer and you know, she really does a good job of kind of getting a celebrity to be a bit off their guard. 
and they're a little more real with her. And I think it is just because she is so incredibly intelligent that she can have these very, very intelligent conversations with people that are so beyond the, well, tell us what was your inspiration for writing this song? So props to uh, Mayan Bialik for this podcast, because it was a really fun listen to hear Kelly in kind of a new light, more so than we have seen in a very long time. So now we're going to get into the main topic for today's episode, and that is our dream set list. So in theory, you know, Jeremy and I, when we were prepping for this, we didn't really have any guidelines. Sometimes when we're making these lists, we'll be like, all right, don't do X, Y, and Z sort of thing. Yeah. This was the, this was the sky's the limit. So we pretty much just did whatever the heck we wanted. <laughs> um, it, the, I think the one thing that we did say was that we were going to keep it at, at 15 songs. Yep. Because that's like a safe number for a set list. Mm-hmm. Um, so 15 you can do covers, you can do unreleased tracks, you can do all singles, you can do whatever you want. Yep. So um, I'm very intrigued to hear yours. So I'm going to have you go first. Okay, that's fine. I think you should temper your expectations. I think that okay. mine is a very safe and vanilla set list. Okay. And that's fine because yeah. I don't... I went into this with the idea that I wanted it to be a set list that was very accessible for the most amount of fans. If I had my multi-million dollar ability to buy a Kelly Clarkson concert for me and my friends, and I also got to write the set list, it would be vastly different than this. But I was thinking more about an arena full of 14,000 people excited to be there. And this is also without obviously a new album's worth of material, because obviously we don't know what any of that stuff is. And it is understood that the next time she goes out on tour, hopefully it's for support of this new album coming out that it would have a bunch of those songs on it. Duh. Of course it would. So I'm not going to say, well, and spot number five is reserved for new album song. You know, I'm not (laughs) going to do that because first of all, that's lazy. But second of all, we just don't know what that is. You know, she could put out a jazz standards album and it doesn't sound good in concert. And she doesn't play any of it. So, right. Either way, I, don't, I feel like I'm apologizing for my set list already. I, I'm going to apologize for mine. Don't worry. That's me. Okay. I also consider track number 15 on the set list to be the encore. I don't know if that's oh. how you felt, but that's what I did. You'll again, see. You'll see. again, no judgment on how we do our set list. Uh, all right. So first of all, to start off my show, I started with Miss Independent. I have firmly believed that when you start a show, you should come out with a banger with preferably a song that everybody knows that you say, all right, we are here. We are at a Kelly Clarkson concert and we are already hearing a great song. And that has not always been the case for Kelly on tour. And in fact, she has started some of her shows with non-singles. First one I can think of is the Piece by Piece tour where she started with Dance With Me. Uh, which oddly enough was actually one of my favorite openers of all time because it was just a really great song to open up the show. I know on my December, she sort of started with this weird ethereal version of it was Irvine, I think, right? Irvine, yes, thank you. Yeah, Sorry, and I, it I went into com- one minute. Right, goes into one minute, which was not technically a single, at least not in America. So She's done non-single openers before, no stranger to it. But I like the idea of starting the show with a big single. And why not a song that essentially jump-started her career? And honestly, at this point in her career, where you've got a lot of younger fans who have jumped in to her career with all I ever wanted or stronger or even meaning of life to see a quote unquote classic like that right off the bat, I think would be really cool. So that's why I started with Miss Independent. You're giving me that look. You're giving me that look like, Oh man, he put a lot of thought into this. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Oh no, I'm scared. That's, that's about the only extra thought I put into anything. Uh, It's more so just the first song. My second song in my set list is if I can't have you. Oh, good one. Yeah. 
I really like this song. I, I love it back to back with Miss Independent and the song that I chose at number three. I think they all sound really good. I'm very big on starting a concert with lots of energy. You can bring it down a few songs in, let people catch their breath, hit the bathroom, grab a beer. But for the first few songs, you need to be up there in energy. Yeah, and you can't start with a ballad unless you're like Adele. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, I mean, if you're all your songs are going to be ballads, and yes, you can start that. But that's not the case with our girl. So yeah, if I can't have you from the All I Ever Wanted album, which was performed on the All I Ever Wanted tour, by the way, that's and fun. was phenomenal, such a fun song. Uh, that was my second song in the set list, and then from there we go into Hazel Eyes. So we're kind of keeping it in the earlier parts of her career at the beginning here. Again, I like to think that for some of the newer fans who may be seeing her for the first time, this will be kind of cool to see some older songs that they're still getting used to. And then for song number four, this is where we sort of bring it down just a little bit. We start sort of on the downslope. I put in heat right here. Okay. So we're getting back into the more modern. modern Right. Right. Realm. Wanted to yeah. slow it up just a little bit because I don't in the radio industry, when you play a very up tempo song, like like in radio, we have numbers for tempo. One is a ballad, five is your club bangers. And it is considered if you schedule a song that's a five next to a song that's a one, that's considered a train wreck. <laughs> and it's basically when you hit the brake so hard from the tempo of the radio station to a ballad it's just jarring to the ears and so i believe that when it comes to concerts it should be the same way you should never put a high up tempo song right next to a ballad and so that's why i like heat right here as a bit of a palate cleanser a bit of a way to kind of ease us down because my number five song in my set list is because of you and it just would not have sounded right i think to have hazel eyes next to because of you And so, yeah, so that's why we're at where we're at. Now, that said, I think that you can ramp up back up much more quickly. Absolutely. But that said, I wanted to have a little bit of time to hang out down here in the sort of the ballad range. So after my number five, because of you, I put number six is tightrope. Good one. I wasn't expecting you to say that. This is one of the choices that I think would not actually happen. If you were to ask me, I think we will probably not see Tightrope performed live again. I'm not betting a paycheck on that, but my... It's it's pretty safe. My guess, which I think is a somewhat safe bet, is that we are not going to see Tightrope performed live in concert again. And so that's why I think this is a little bit of a fringe choice. I even thought If I Can't Have You was a bit of a fringe choice as well. Those are my two sort of, I don't think these songs are going to make it. Yeah. So we're kind of now we're down here in our ballad area. We do need to start bringing it back up. So my number seven song is Catch My Breath. It's not. a And this is another one that like, you know, she may sing again, but she might not because it hasn't been in a set list recently. Yeah. I mean, it has a chance just because it was a single off of the greatest hits record. So there's a shot there. But again, it's sort of one of those mid tempo songs. Again, going back to our. Our ranges for us radio folks, it would probably be like a three, maybe a four, depending on who you are and how you're coding your songs. And then for number eight, we bring it all the way back up and we get to walk away. Okay. I'm a little like, I think this also says a little bit about me as a person and what I really like from Kelly's career. I am a bit heavy on the early part of her career, the first three to four albums specifically. So. Yeah, so now we're we're kind of back up with our tempo with Walk Away. Now, this is a part where we sort of, I think we might have a wall here where maybe this is a, the portion that goes live on Facebook or whatever, because this is where I have the cover. Okay. And I did not specifically pick a cover here. This is, this is me being a little lazy. I just put <laughs> cover and or request. If you're going to twist my arm and make me pick a cover here, uh, I'm going to go a little bit against my own rules. And I want to have her play Wonderwall by Oasis. Nice. The, the version that she's already done? Yes. Like that, like, slow. Okay. Yes. Because I was like, are we going to get the actual, just like the strumming version or the ballad? Yeah. I want, a, you know, a full band version. Uh, I don't want her and Jason out there by themselves, you know, with okay. him on the on the piano playing it. No, I want her to, you know, kind of do a full band, get everybody up and going. And she uh, has version. to say before it, and this is Wonderwall. <laughs> F it, this is Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> she just has to. She, she has can't to. do any any other context. She just has to say 
And this is Wonderwall. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> this is Wonderwall. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> Uh, and then I want to get right back into the tempo on this. And so at my number 10 in the set list, I put whole lot of woman. Of course you would. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's a great. It's a great one. Because that for me, I think needs to be in the set list forevermore. It's fun. And you always feel sassy singing it no matter yes. who you are. This is sort of one of my few times. In fact, I think it's the only time. I'm just double checking and making sure. Yeah. This is my only time where I have two songs back to back from the same album. I then put in love. So soft. Ooh. Okay. I I like this again. This is a bit of a palate cleanser after the up tempo-ness of whole lot of woman. You need to bring it down just a little bit. Love. So soft, still an up tempo song, maybe one or two notches down from whole lot of woman. So I like love. So soft here. And then we are going to hit the brakes a little bit on the next song and this is where i've put sober okay i was wondering where that was going to pop in. <laughs> yeah i originally i actually did not have it in my list in fact the first i'm not kidding you i wrote 20 different set lists i wish i would have <laughs> kept all of them i wrote most of them on my computer and then just went through and deleted songs and whatnot but for the most part i didn't have sober in my set list until much later because i was just thinking to myself okay if i am going to do any sort of fan service whatsoever I've got to have this song yeah. because I think I kept putting low in its place and I just am thinking to myself, "Ah, I don't think she's going to dig that far back into her first album that much. I think we've probably seen, I wouldn't be actually surprised if we never hear low in the set list again either until, you know, maybe she's on her farewell tour or something and she's only doing the singles. Yeah. So yeah, so I put uh, so I put sober here at the number twelve slot on my set list. All right, last three songs. I mean, it's easy to say you got to finish strong. I can pick. I can. I was gonna say I can. I know two of them. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you know two of them, and you could probably <laughs> with a couple of choices, you could probably pick the third one. Uh, my number thirteen song in my set list is "My Life Would Suck Without You." Oh, see, that wasn't even what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I figured that was the one that you would have to take a couple of stabs at. Yeah. And I know people are going to be like, uh, why? <laughs> but 14, and, 14 and 15 are Since You've Been Gone and Stronger. Show That's ends fun. with Stronger. Yeah. I, look, say what you want about how many times you've heard Since You've Been Gone or and, and at this point, how many times you've heard Stronger. These are the songs that are going to be in every single Kelly Clarkson set list. Yeah. Until she walks off the stage for the last time. It's just Oh my the God, way don't say that. That'll never happen. Oh, it probably will never happen, but still. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's just, the, I mean, it's like Frank Sinatra coming up and not singing My Way. It's like if Olivia Rodrigo never sings Driver's License ever again. You know? <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo? She's had, a, she's barely had a career yet. I know. She's had like one album and like yeah. a couple songs on a Disney album. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, because I was thinking I as I was saying the Frank Sinatra thing out loud, I'm like, who are you targeting with this analogy? <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh. To all those 20-year-olds out there, here's a Frank Sinatra reference. Yeah. So, I mean, those songs are just going to be in the set list. They they are her biggest hits, and you just got to have your biggest hits in the set list. I mean, it's just well, sort of the way it is. I got to give you props for not including Breakaway. Yeah, I, I think with <laughs> you gotta this- You got to draw the line somewhere. Yes, with this set list, this is where I think she finally hears us- <laughs> And she says, you know what? We're going to rest this song for a little while. Maybe make people miss it for a while and then yep. bring it back. Yeah. But yeah, no breakaway on my list. Were you right, though, about the last two songs? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So one more time through my set list, starting the show with Miss Independent. Then If I Can't Have You, Behind These Hazel Lies, Heat, Because of You, Tightrope, Catch My Breath. Walk away. We've got the request for Oasis's Wonderwall. Whole lot of woman. Love so soft. Sober. My life would suck without you. Since you've been gone, and the encore is stronger. Nice. Pretty. I think a pretty middle of the road, safe set yeah. list. Soccer moms who just have a couple of Kelly songs on their workout mix can come to this show and have a good time. I think the casual fan can come here and have a good time because there's a couple of little nuggets in there that they might like. But for the most part, I know it's not the uh, what it was. How am I? Tra- it's not the 
indie. It's not the niche, like the very the, niche. Yeah, like, it's not the niche playlist. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. It's not yeah. the niche playlist <laughs> of the Uber fan who is well, so spoiled. Thanks, Jeremy. Speaking of which. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so kind. Thank you for that you're lovely like the, that lovely intro. Yes. Speaking of the hipsters of Kelly Clarkson fans, <laughs> let's hear your um, crunchy granola set list. I'm gonna preface. I have mm, we can argue I mean you can argue with how many because some of them were like singles some places and not others. I have maybe like three-ish singles. <laughs> Yeah. Of course you. So, <laughs> like, if if my set list was whole milk and like wheat bread, <laughs> yours is like soy milk and <laughs> milk and cashew milk. Cashew milk. Yeah. You're, this is the gluten free set you list. S- you said dream set list. So, like, You're why right. would I? Why would I include the? I don't know. Whatever. Why would you I really the singles. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, I, see, okay. I w- see. Here's the thing. This is where you and I differ. I was worried about everybody else in the room. You're just worried about yourself. <laughs> I know. I'm the <laughs> asshole. Um, I was thinking this would be a cool, like the B sides tour. Oh, we'll just call it that. The B sides tour, the B sides show, where it's like one of the like only a couple hundred people. Like we're not talking the arena. We're talking like the small theater show, small club show. I was thinking more like um, the Borderline or the Troubadour when she when she's done those kinds of shows. Mm-hmm. So, not to exclude people, but this is just more like the intimate setting, you know. No, we it. did two. Di- we did two different vibes. There we go. <laughs> two different vibes. Although I feel okay. So I had to cut my list in half because, like you, I just it was really hard to narrow narrow everything down. And I will say, half of the songs you had were on my list that got cut. So there were a lot of songs I wanted to include that mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah, I'll preface this is. Miss into podcasts, most unrealistic Kelly Clarkson set list <laughs> presented by Pam. Okay. I can't wait for this. <laughs> okay. So, and I also put in where she's going to have, have talking breaks. <laughs> That's good. I like that. You yeah. Were much Cause more I figured, well, because otherwise it will not flow well at all. So she has to take a break. She has to explain, you know, okay. So it's going to start off a little, like a little happy. Then we're going to get angry. Everyone's going to come really like pissed off to the show. Um, you get a little. <laughs> She's gonna have it at a really hard to find venue. You're only gonna get clues as to where it is. <laughs> yeah, you have to be there by a certain time, or you don't get to come in. Exactly. So you have to come in with this. Just like you're just emotional. So it's gonna start off fun. I love that you have this like crazy barrier of entry just to get into the show. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're gonna be like, "This is the worst set list ever." <laughs> and then it's gonna get a little angry. A little sad, and then it's gonna end really like hell yeah, empowering. I hope. Uh huh. Okay, I'm waiting for the hate on this. Okay, we're gonna open up the show with this song that I've never seen live that I want to, and that is "Go." I just this think <laughs> this is the most. I'm telling you, the most absurd set list. That is that is a vibe to start it off. I like it. And then number two, I mean, I'm not gonna go this fast normally, but number two, just to give you some more context about how absurd I am, is the song that I didn't shut up about last episode is can we go back again uh-huh. a song that i don't think she even knows exists <laughs> i recorded that song i recorded that yeah so i feel like those are both like solid pop rock anthems get people like amped up ready for the show um again really random but it's fine and then after the, the two songs she's gonna talk she's gonna have a little break thank everyone for coming to the show i'm literally outlining her entire <laughs> night for her I have also scripted out everything she's going to say. Yeah. Um, is, the, she is make, there a Pam in the house? <laughs> she will make w- only one reference to the Beyonce fan at some point in the show. <laughs> yeah. So she'll, you know, have the break here after go and can we go back? Then we're going to get a little, like, a little, a little emo here. We're going to get into a couple of our breakaway tracks. We're going to get into I Hate Myself for Losing You. I actually really like the song live and mm-hmm. I feel like it only was on one or two tours. Again, I'm, most of these songs I've never seen live. I think that's why I put them here. Yeah. I'm kind of realizing that now. That's okay. And then we're going we're to go into Hear Me, another great, sad pop rock song, because yep. that's my brand. And then we're going <laughs> to Jeremy's face is like, what the hell? Wow. I'm just. Are you ready for this concert? I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm ex- I would go to this show. <laughs> I'm just. This is not what I would expect. 
I'm so embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Okay, then we're going to go into another song that I was heavily speaking about on our bonus tracks episode, The Day We Fell Apart. We're getting really, we're just in our feels. And I think these are all, again, still probably similar-ish tempo. Some of them, some of them are a little bit more um, maybe like drum heavy, percussion Which number? Heavy. What number are you on, by the way? I'm sorry. I'm like, the caffeine has not hit me yet. Okay. That's fine. We're on number five. So okay. it was go and can we go back? And then we mm-hmm. had a break. Then we had, I hate, we're getting into a slight little breakaway medley or whatever medley you want to say with I hate myself for losing you and hear me. Then we go to the day we fell apart. Those are our three like in your feels like sad, annoyed songs. Then I got inspired by my number six track. I got inspired. This is something I've always wanted to do. Not necessarily with this song, but do you remember the video at, um, the borderline in London when she sang gone and didn't know the words. Do you remember that video? I, yeah, I remember that. And she had basically the fans sing it right with her, like in the crowd. Like she just yep. actually, she had like the whole audience singing with her. Yep. I would love another like audience participation kind of thing. So I think this would be a fun after a few depressing songs, we're going to go into gone and everyone's just going to sing the crap out of it with her. Cause she doesn't know the words. <laughs> I think it'll be really fun. I've always wanted to do that. I want to be like yeah. part of the audience that does that. Yeah. Um, then we're going to have a break. You know, she's like, all right, guys, that was like a lot of like loud songs. And for number seven, we're going to go into our first of two covers. We're going to totally switch gears here. But because we have that talking break, I think it's allowed. She's going to intro the song. It's one of her. It's like one of her favorite artists of all time. It is Up to the Mountain by Patty Griffin. Okay. Yes, I know. I told you guys it's an emotional night. Then we're going to go into one of my favorite songs of all time, maybe, for number eight. I feel like this should be happening at a coffee house or something. Well, no, because the next song is going to be the biggest song. Oh, okay. It's a song that I think gets a lot of hate, and I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's the song's a little preachy, I will say that. So for number nine, I chose I Had a Dream. Now, the reason why I chose, I know it's really random, I have always envisioned her singing this with a big choir. Yeah. And I would love to hear that. And this order might be terrible. I'm not sure. But I just was, this is where I went. But I figured after two ballads, I guess we can consider maybe a ballad-ish. I want to do something big. Still emotional and still like not like upbeat and fun and poppy, but like big. So I was thinking we bring out the choir. She brings out a choir for I had a dream. Okay, so after I had a dream, we're going to take another break. I feel like she needs a breather after singing with a choir. Of course, who wouldn't? <laughs> and then we're going to go into the another little medley of sort of ballads, but bigger ones. We're going to start off with um, fan favorite of Sober. And then we're going to go into a song that I don't remember if she's ever sung before. She may have maybe once, but I think that would be an incredible incredible song to hear live um okay she has sung it she sang it once in australia that's what it was um that was it i think and i just that is a very and very underrated song i don't i don't know um i just feel like it's one of those songs that people really like but it kind of gets lost on stronger Uh uh-huh i think it deserves a lot more so i would love to put that there and then I'm going to go a little bit more up-tempo, just a little bit slightly, to Meaning of Life. I loved hearing it on the Meaning of Life tour. Yeah. I thought she did a really good job vocally. It sounded great. It sounded just as good you know, live than it did on the album. Um, then we're going to take another break. And this is where we're going to shift things for number 13 on our set list. So that was 10, 11, 12, Sober, Honestly, Meaning of Life. Remember, she's going to take a little break, and then we're going to go into our last three songs, which are all definitely more happier, upbeat. So we're like, okay, we got all that sadness and anger out of the way, and now we're just going to get <laughs> sassy and have fun. <laughs> and the number 13 is our second cover, which is like another cover that is one of my favorites that I've never seen live, which is Home by Mark Broussard. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just fun and soulful, and everyone loves it. Um, then number 14 is a song we've never heard live, which 
I love, and that is Bad Reputation. Figure they're both uh, soulful. They're both like has a little bit of R&B to it. And then we take our last break. So like I didn't really do the full like you know encore like how she you know leaves and comes back whatever uh-huh. is the only real single I included for the last song. This might be a terrible choice, but at the end I'm not sure. I chose your opening song. I chose Miss Independent. Because I wow. feel it's like at the end, it's kind of wraps everything up and people, everyone loves that song. It's like one of those save the best for last kind of things. Um, this was a very bizarre set list. I have a lot of songs that I cut that I think probably are way more realistic that even if mm-hmm. they weren't singles, like Just Miss the Train or um, uh, I don't know, If I Can't Have You. Those are ones I cut out. So this is my dream set list that Probably no one else wants to hear, but that's okay because this I I own half of this podcast. <laughs> so I can say it, damn it. But yeah, let me go back in order and just kind of read through because I was a little scattered. So yes, the B-Sides tour presented by Pam. We have <laughs> your face. You just rolled your eyes so hard. It's like the hipster Kelly Clarkson tour. Do you know me? <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. Do you know me? Okay, we got go go. <laughs> I can't even say this straight straight face. Had I known we were going to do a real like set list, I would have done it more seriously. Okay, go. Can we go back? I hate myself for losing you. Hear me. The day we fell apart, gone. Up to the mountain, maybe. I had a dream. Sober, honestly, meaning a life. Home. Bad Reputation, Miss Independent. Don't get me wrong. I would love to go to this show. I think it would be a ton of fun. If for nothing else, but to see the choir during I Had a Dream. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is a choice. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with your, your set list. I'm giving you a hard time. Thank you. Thank you for the val- validation. Um, of course. Yeah, like I said, mine is is so much more pleasing trying to please an arena full of 1400 or 14,000 people so obviously mine is going to be way more mainstream i'm the mainstream radio guy of course i'm going to pick a show that is packed full of hits and i am the little hipster over here so i chose the most random tracks you could think of <laughs> Ta-da! plus miss independent um but yeah i think i mean this is fun because like i really I'm sure you can do the same. You can, I have another set list made basically right now of other tracks. I mean, they're no. not in any order, so I don't know how it would sound, but I have like the full list of a, probably another 13, 14 tracks that kind of just made, you know, didn't make the the cut. So we can have like a B side and C side. <laughs> <set list. laughs> this was fun. We want, the, we want the really, really hipster tour. That's what Pam's other set list is. <laughs> She's going to open with Dirty Little Secret. She's going to close the show with... Um, wash, rinse, repeat. <laughs> wash, rinse, repeat. Oh, my God. That'd be great. In the middle of the uh, show, there's going to be an acoustic Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I need, we need... We need it. <laughs> be a really fun episode I, mean, I don't think i don't think we can do a full episode about this but it'd be really funny think of the most absurd stuff like that you know like a remix of i was gonna say a remix of irvine but we've had one yeah. um that's really funny <laughs> acoustic einstein wow yes i you know I, i'd like to see judas turn into a duet <laughs> Wow. 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 Well, guys, let us know your thoughts. Um, yes. If you, if you want to hear Judas as a duet, tweet us. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. If there's a character limit, we'll try to, you know, try to send us your set list. Even if Twitter tries to cut you off. Um, I'd love to see it. Um, now, we also have to do one more part of our show here, Pam. Oh, we do? Yes. Oh. We have to pick out. We have to pick out dream opening acts. Oh, I didn't do this part. Crap. Oh, of course you didn't. <laughs> I forgot. I was so hyper fixed on getting this done, which getting like, your coffee shop <laughs> Kelly show. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Except yeah. In, instead of in the coffee, people are pouring like a shot, shot of like whiskey or something. Yeah. Um, you can go first because I don't know. 
at the way you're going, I'm be like, okay, well, the Decemberists are going to open. <laughs> That'd be really fun. They can do yeah. a duet of like Down by the Water. That'd be a great yeah. duet. Yes. Wow. Good. Good. I don't know what to do about these opening acts because like, you know, if I could choose like, you know, I even, I don't know if I'd say opening acts, but like, you know, co-bills. I mean, yeah, I know plenty of people who I'd want on there, but like, I don't know what's like somewhat realistic. Yeah. Well, know. maybe maybe mine will give you a couple of ideas because I think you're going to really enjoy my choices. Now, I picked out three opening acts. This is not a show that has all of these opening acts on them. Okay. But I thought that it would be cool to have a show where one of these acts opened for Kelly. The first one that I put is sort of a given. It's a person who's already opened for Kelly before. And I think that now that she has a, a larger body of material to pull from, that she could have a, an extended set and could be a lot of fun to see. And that is Bryn Cartelli. That's a good one. Yep. I like that. My second choice is sort of a comeback story. This would be an artist who has had a very big career, but she was more popular in the 90s, maybe the early 2000s. And she kind of went away, faded away from the music scene for a while, but is now back again, is, you know, doing some work with old partners, maybe to put out some new projects. I would love to see Michelle Branch open. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait. Okay. That's my answer. How do I co-sign? Yes. How do I (laughs) co-sign? We can get Patrick Carney in there from the Black Keys also, because I think they're a couple. We can just. Uh, that'll be my little bonus, but I love uh-huh. the I love that idea. I yeah. love that idea. Have Michelle come out there. Maybe at some point during the show, maybe Kelly can come out and they can do a couple of like a medley of Wreckers tunes. Yes. Oh my god, good. That I would have never thought of that. <laughs> uh, and then my final one is, I think, the one that I thought that you would actually like the most. This would. I mean, I don't know if this is quite to the point of a double bill show but i do know that this artist has opened for matchbox 20 in the past and i actually went to this show to see her and not matchbox 20 uh, but that would be alanis morissette oh my gosh that would that would be a really interesting bill because i feel like a lot of the alanis fans are like I mean, you're definitely going to get some crossover with like the pop fans, but yeah, yeah. she also has a completely, completely different audience in some regards. So I don't, that would be interesting. I don't know if that would be a co-bill. Who would go first, Kelly or Alanis? Oh, it's Alanis for sure. I that just would- think that because Alanis has, has, I don't want to say she's fallen off, but she is not as big as mainstream she mainstream at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I saw her open for Matchbox 20 back in like 2008, 2009. Nice. This is when... This is when her Flavors of Entanglement album was out and like her, like the one single off of that was Citizen of the Planet. And, you know, it wasn't a huge hit album for her, but nonetheless, she was the opener for Matchbox 20. But I was like, I've seen Matchbox a bunch of times. I want to see Atlantis. That was the one and only time I've ever seen her in concert. And it was phenomenal. I mean, she sounded so, so good. And I think that... She, while she has a very large body of work, I think that Kelly still supersedes her. And I think that would be a great way to introduce Alanis to a new audience, because I do think that there is a large group of people that are of the like younger millennial, maybe even a bit of the Gen Z that have not heard nor seen her or honestly like even like a lot of people my age i mean like or maybe a little bit younger i mean i feel like i know a lot of her stuff just because you know i have older family members and that's kind of how i was absorbed around it but for people who don't who are maybe my age or a little bit younger they may not really be familiar with most of her work or if any at all but she i mean she's an incredible songwriter and really really great singer she doesn't get enough credit for her singing ability let me just say that And I think that would be a killer bill. I think that, you know, Kelly would probably be sitting there on the side of the stage every night watching because I know that she's a fan. And I think that would just be a really killer show. I think that's a great idea. I'm honestly looking up. um, I'm cheating a little bit right now. I'm looking up on Spotify. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize I typed in pop rock. I just typed in the most generic thing you can do. And I pulled up the 2000s pop rock Spotify playlist. And I didn't realize 
Kelly's the cover of it. It's a <laughs> 2005 picture of her, but she's the cover. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even realize that. Um, I was just going to go on here and see like who I thought would be like a good fit. I think the Michelle Branch is a fantastic idea and one that like could very realistically happen. I definitely think, uh-huh. especially I definitely think so. Or the Wreckers because I think the Wreckers they are working on something for this year. Yep. Um, I know Gavin DeGraw has opened for her. I think on like one of the fair tours or something like that. Uh-huh. I think that's still another. Um, even Rob Thomas or Matchbox Twenty. I was going to say Rob Thomas solo. Either could work. Um. I do like the Bryn idea. This is a little off topic. I would love to see Bryn open for Olivia Rodrigo. I think that would be yeah. an incredible show. I would be very uh, old myself being there, but <laughs> I think I think that would be really a really good show. Um, I think God, those would are they even be able to sell. Would they even be able to sell beer at those shows? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a good point because they're both like eighteen. Yeah. Like you and I would have to be in the back, like keeping the bar open, like you said, keeping them in business. I think, yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I really, I'm trying to look now. I mean, I see a bunch of like artists, but I don't know how they would work. I think those are really good options. Realistically, I don't know if I have anyone. If I have anyone else, I can think of like right off the top of my head. Um, I think, yeah, Michelle Branch was like. I mean, I, I would say Pink, but like their shows are so different. Oh yeah, and I mean. To be quite honest, I think Pink would actually supersede Kelly. She would. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I I hate to say that, but I mean, they are, I mean, they're so similar as far as like style and uh, the amount of hits that they have. But I just think that Pink is just, she is an A-list star right now, like Kelly is. And it is odd to have two A-list stars go out on the road together. I think that like when Kelly went out on the road with Maroon 5. That was awkward because I think that Kelly was... Kelly opened. She was like the very special guest. It was like yeah. Maroon 5 was the headliner. She was the... With with very special... Or with special guest Kelly Clarkson. And then there was another opener. So she was number two of three. Yeah. So, I mean, that one for me, that was always the most awkward. That Honda Civic Tour was so awkward because I just thought, she shouldn't be opening for them. Not to say that they should have been opening for her because they were very big at the time. I just thought it was a, a weird. It could have been like a co-headline, but have them go second. If that makes yeah. sense. I think that could have had, that's how it probably should have been billed, but whatever. Cause didn't, that's what they did with the, the, the fray tour, right? The fray, they, they, the fray and Kelly and were, they, yeah, they were completely built like together. And then each night they alternated who went on first. Yeah. So, which yeah, I thought I was smart. Sh- yeah, the show that I saw on that tour was in Las Vegas, and I believe Kelly was the first act on that night. Yeah, I went and, to two shows, and she was the first on one and the second on the other. So I, yeah. I saw both both things there. And um, that was when about the point when the fray was at their height, and so yeah. they, you know, they deservedly had the opportunity to be the closing act for some of those. If shows. they were now, forget it. She would. Be oh there. no! Yeah. For sure. Um, the only the the other person I thought that or group I should say they're I mean they're not. Um, th- okay, this is what I'm gonna say. If we were to, if Kelly were to do a very small show, like the you know the very small club show, we'll just say. Yeah. I think I don't even know if they have any new music out, but I was just going through a playlist. I really am upset that the Veronicas never got to open for her. Oh yeah, that would be fun. But I think that would have to be a very small venue. That wouldn't be like an arena show. That would be like yeah. a small theater, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And they would have to have some music out. Um, so I don't know. That's a hard question, but I really like your answers. So I'm just going to copy yours because I think those are <laughs> solid, solid. I think if I if I had my choice, I would actually want to see Michelle Branch the most. That would be, oh my god, sign me up. <laughs> and I feel like, like a lot even- of a lot of people would be like, oh my god, it's so 2000s nostalgia so they would also even like the casual fan would totally go oh my god yeah. wait we need to get we need to get like a petition going to have kelly and <laughs> michelle branch start touring together well and if the wreckers are back doing some stuff together that's uh, michelle and jessica harp if they're back together doing stuff i mean why not have the wreckers themselves just open up the show i mean they don't have a ton of material because they just they made the one album but I mean, Michelle's got multiple albums worth of material yeah. and, you know, I, I, I can't imagine that Jessica would be like, no, don't sing any of your big hits. 
Or what so, they can do is like I remember I a couple years ago I saw um Miranda Lambert and she had she was she had a couple artists open up for her. I think it was she was the headliner. She had like Marin Morris open for her, Ashley McBride, and she had the Pistolanis open. So she was also part of her opening act. So not to say that Michelle Branch can't do a record set and then her solo set. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that'd be fun. Anyway, we got on a major tangent there. But you know what? We want to see what you guys think. So send us your set list, your dream set list. Keep it to 15 songs. And it I mean, there is no right or wrong answer here. So you can either be indie and hipster like Pam, or you can be mainstream like me. And also give us a couple of ideas for opening acts that you would like to see. We want to hear each of your ideas because, again, no bad ideas. And I'm very interested to see what the community can come up with because I think that this is my favorite part is when the community gets to be a little creative and we get to see a little bit of each fan's tastes when they do something like this. So I'm very excited to to see these. Jeremy, I think for fun, you should do another set list with your unrealistic dream set list. My unrealistic dream set list. All right. I will, I will put that together and, at some point in this week that our podcast is out, I will post that on social media and it'll be sort of like an extra bonus set list. How about Very that? Perfect. Awesome. Yay. In the meantime, hit us up on our socials everywhere. We are at Miss Into Podcast. And of course, there's probably going to be another mailbag episode coming up in the coming weeks. So we would love to get any and all of your questions at Miss Into Podcast at gmail.com. Until next week. We'll see you then. Bye. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to Miss Indie Podcast at gmail.com. 